Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnick. Broadcasting today from my home away from home, the outstanding Jack Dempsey's Bar, located at 36 West 33rd Street in the heart of Midtown Manhattan, around the corner from the Empire State Building. Much love to my boy, he's not here, but Sean Riddle, president of the New York City, Kentucky Alumni Association, let me do my show from here. And thank you everyone who listens to and subscribes to my podcast. It can be found on iTunes or any podcast app by searching Mike Sappho. All right, you ready to talk some football? I'm joined today by fifth-round pick in the 2014 NFL Draft out of USC. We're going to have some banter about that in Bammer in a minute. Linebacker for the hometown New York Giants, number 59, Devon Kennard. Devon, I appreciate you venturing all the way from New Jersey just to do the show, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, first of all, you're a West Coast dude. We just talked about it off there, but give me your first welcome to New York moment and the biggest difference from being Arizona, California dude to being a New York guy now. Uh, um, the first story I had, so I just got out to New York and I've never been to the East Coast. It was always seemed like such a far, weird place for me. So I'm, I'm in New York and it's first time like kind of exploring through the city and I hop in a taxi cab and he's driving really fast and he gets cut off by another car and taxi driver gets really mad speeds up and they're exchanging words cussing each other out and i'm like wow these people are crazy so next thing i know I, my taxi driver spits on the car spits on the um car car next to me and i'm like are you serious like what are you doing you're crazy and he like speeds off well i'm thinking it's done uh, you know 30 seconds later the car the car is back next to us they're cussing each other out again exchanging words and the car grabs a, a handful of coins and chucks it at the taxi windows are down they're flying in the car and all that so i'm so at this point i'm livid i'm like i'm not paying for anything get me out of this car right now stop <laughs> And, and that kind of scarred me. So I didn't get an ta another taxi for, for a while there. Um, so that was my first experience. So I'm calling all my friends back home, like, people out here are crazy. I don't know what's going on. Like, um, so it, it, was, it was really different for me. Now, being in New York, have you done the sightseeing stuff yet? Yeah, I got, I got a chance to do, um, you know, see the 9-11 memorial. That was one of the coolest experiences. Intense, right? It's intense. Yeah, and, I mean, cool in a... Like, just to be able to understand the gravity of what really happened here and all the pictures and, and stuff. So that was the coolest thing. And then uh, for me, when I first came out here, you see all the bright lights. And I, um, it's funny. Whenever I thought about New York, I thought about the movie Home Alone. So, you know, <laughs> kind of being able to see those monuments that, like, I've I, I seen in, like, Home Alone and different movies like that over the years was cool. And uh, visiting Times Square, it's funny because when I first came out here, like, my family would come out. I took everybody to Times Square. <laughs> you got to see it. Now I try to stay away from Times Square. I'm like, I don't, I don't want nothing. Like, I'll have friends or something. Like, oh, you know, let's go to Times Square. I'm like, it's really nothing. It's a bunch of tall buildings. You'll see it. Like, we could drive by it. How about that? I'll it's, get you in a taxi. How, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll throw some coins at him. <laughs> right. it, no, you know what's funny? It's the most overrated place in New York City. It's like that six blocks oh. of just overrate. It's horrible. It really is horrible. You said the Olive Garden and all these stuff. Yeah, I'm like, in New York City. All right, cool. <laughs> now, have you taken in any Yankees, Nick games, or anything like that? Being a sports uh, guy, have you done that yet? Uh, one of the coolest things I, I had the opportunity to do was sit courtside at a Knicks game. For me, that's like... Uh, I'm a, I grew up a Lakers fan because I loved Shaq growing up okay. and Kobe and just a West Coast guy. People in Arizona from where I'm from would kill me because, you know, they're Suns fans. But I always loved the Lakers. But, so, um, but, you know, Carmelo was still one of my favorite players. So my rookie year, I was having a really good year. Got the opportunity to go sit courtside at a Knicks game. 
and it was just crazy. Like I was literally feet on the on the hardwood, and Carmelo and Anthony, and they're actually playing the Mavericks. So Dirk Nowitzki Dirk. and seeing seeing guys I've been watching for years, and I'm like, man, it's crazy how you know that experience was. So that was pretty cool. Now that that could be a welcome to New York moment, standing on the floor of Madison Square Garden, not too yeah. shabby. Grew up in Arizona, why USC? And I always ask, why USC, like what college, and what other school had a legitimate chance to get you? Um, I, chose, I chose USC because coming from the West Coast, I came out, like I was coming out when uh, USC was the best of the best. Like you're talking Reggie Bush, Brian Cushing, Ray Maluga, like all the receivers, defensive players, offensive players. And um, I could have gone anywhere in the country. Coming out, I was like a top 10 recruit yeah. in the nation and all that. And I, I, um, one thing my mom said is, I don't care where you go, but make sure you get out of the state. So people were mad that I left the state of Arizona. But she was like, I want you to experience something else. And I just wanted to give myself an opportunity to go to the best school for school-wise uh, school and education, but also football. And I felt like USC was the was you know, that perfect opportunity and, uh, you know, their education's top of the line and the football program was, you know, the top, uh, cream, cream, you know, the best of the best. Um, so and nothing was, to do with those Southern California girls, <laughs> nothing to do. It, so it, it was, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't, can't beat that, but it was one of those situations where it was like USC was far enough to where I could kind of become my own man but close enough to where my family was still able to come out to every home game we had. They would make the drive from Phoenix. And if I was ever homesick, I could always, like, catch a 45-minute flight home. So it was, it was a good good situation where I kind of got to become my own man, but at the same time, my family was still pretty close. Was that a stressful situation, picking a school? Because I can't pick a school, a team in FIFA. I'm serious. It takes me half an hour to pick a team. Is that stressful, picking a college for the next four years? The most important decision of your life. But right. Is that a stressful situation? Oh, it was extremely stressful. I mean, especially I had opportunities to go anywhere in the country. But, um, you know, one of my, one of my biggest – uh, things that really had me deciding is there was all that talk that Coach Carroll was going to leave. And Coach Carroll recruited me. He's showing up at my high school. Like, it was one of the coolest experiences. I'm sitting in class, English class, and, like, just one of the guys with all my friends. And, like, Coach Carroll comes popping his head in, in my classroom, <laughs> and all my friends are like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so, like, it was, it was just crazy. And, um, you know, I had, I, like – meeting him and having the opportunity to to connect with him and then he, you know he made he told me he was he wasn't gonna leave he was like you know um i'm not leaving i'm here he like you, you know, got you're my gonna, word you're gonna be the next brian cushing and clay matthews for us i have a plan for you that like we have a system that works and sold me the dream and, and i bit <laughs> but you know people always ask me if after the fact if i if i uh, regret going and i was i was at usc during some of the roughest years yeah you, did, you because, are um you know, we went through the whole sanction stuff, couldn't go to bowl games, a lot of guys. And you guys left. were good that year, too. Yeah, we had limited guys on scholarship. Um, so, you know, we're we're still, like, people say we're having bad years or we've been having down years, and you, there's not one season where we've lost more than five games. If that was any other university going through what we went through, like, we would have, they would have tanked. You know, you'd look at schools like Texas, for instance, and stuff like that. They go they through still hardships, can't recover. And, and, they're, and, and they're done. You know, we're talking about – we're still preseason even this year, ranked in the top 25, and, and we're just getting out of the whole sanction deal and all that. So, um, you know, our whole motto at USC is to fight on. And once I once Coach Carroll left and I had the opportunity to leave or stay and all that, it was like, you know, I, I really 
fell in love with the idea of you were what fully USC invested was in that school. You USC were a Trojan. Was all about. So, you know, there's no question for me. Now, I'm sitting next to my boy Simba. Simba's my uh, Sunday fun day boy, <laughs> fellow Kentucky fan, going to Africa together in a few months. Simba, jump in my seat. He goes, grab the mic because you're wearing an Alabama hat. Tell me what you told him because when I told you, well, I was in. <laughs> oh, I'm, I don't want to put him on the spot. But when I said I'm interviewing Devon Kennard, you're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, he goes, I hate the Giants. I'm a Patriots fan. And tell him about the Bama love. Tell him, Simba, get close to the mic and tell him. Well, first of all, I just want to say Roll Tide. Oh, all right. September 3rd. All right, that's why I'm wearing the hat. Yeah, see, I see the Alabama hat, but you, you guys are in trouble. You guys never seen that this, this West Coast uh, football, so it's going to be exciting. Well, I, I guess, what do you think about the matchup uh, coming up to, uh, for the game? Because uh, our offensive coordinator for Bama was your former head coach. Yeah, and I, I know Coach Kiffin really well, and he's going to come out, and if we let him, he'll try to put 50 on us. Like, just, that's the kind, that's the kind of guy he is. Like, if, we, if it's at all possible or within his control, he's going to score as many points as possible because, you know, not only our head coach was his assistant coach and his, and his offensive coordinator, so he's going he's gonna to be animated on that sidelines and game planning like he's never game planned before to try to stick, stick, it, up, um, stick it up our butt. So it's going to be an interesting situation, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the game. Yeah, me too. I'm just looking forward to, like, everything <laughs> about that. And we have T. Martin, who's your offensive coordinator right. for SC. He used to be the wide receiver coach for uh, Kentucky, so yeah. there's a lot of tie-ins. Like the whole match, I'm looking forward to it. See, if if I'm honest, the only thing that that scares me about the game is we have a new we have a new quarterback starting, we have a new head coach, and our front seven are, is going to be entirely freshmen and sophomores. And I know Alabama is going to come running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and then with a new starting quarterback putting pressure on the quarterback. So. Just because I don't know how those guys are going to respond in that setting, that's the only thing that has has me a little bit worried. So are you making uh, excuses for your boys? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm still – I put my money where my mouth is. I'm still – all my money's still on that's USC. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, yeah. Gonna... All my money's on USC. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get back to Sim because he has more beef on the Giants in a second. Let's go real quick. We're going to fast forward USC career, good career, NFL draft. Two things on the draft, and I always ask everyone who gets drafted – do you sit around following the mock drafts? Seriously, do, I want to know, do you follow the mock drafts and watching that? You draft in the fifth round, which is, listen, you would draft, I think, 174 overall or something, yeah. right? Do you see guys before you without dropping names or anything and saying, you know you're better than them, you know this? Is that frustrating? Does that motivate you? Yeah, most of, I mean, so when, when you're going into the draft situation, uh, like, you have to be realistic with yourself. So you hear these projections. Nobody really knows what they're talking about. Every, you know, they can have the educated <laughs> guesses, but nobody really knows. But, you know, through your agent and through all the, you know, all the different projections, you get an idea of where you may go. And I was hearing anywhere from third round to sixth round. And, um, you know, I went for on a few visits. And, you know, one thing, one thing that really helped me for my college career it hurt me in college, but it helped me at this level is I changed positions all the time. Every year I had a new defensive coordinator, had a new either head coach or, or um, position coach. So I, I went from defensive end to outside linebacker to inside linebacker, back to defensive end, then to linebacker again. So I, every year I played, I, I had to change positions. So when I started meeting with these different teams, uh, one th one thing that they that really stuck out is my understanding of, of football and my unique ability to like I've been a defensive lineman my whole majority of my early life so 
instinctively things I can do well at the line of scrimmage with with all the knowledge I learned in coverage and, and different things like that from playing outside linebacker and inside linebacker. So th those things uh, paid off, but it, it hurt me statistically because I was changing mm -hmm. positions every year. So I didn't, wasn't able to do what I wanted to do at the college level because I was always, you know, trying to get comfortable. But um, so the draft process, I was kind of looking at it, trying to figure out where I might go. And it's the most stressful day of your life because it's like, I want to get drafted so bad, but you don't, you have no control. So, you know, a lot of guys throw parties and stuff. I was not doing that. I was like, I want to be with my close family and my, you know, really close friends and just, you know, enjoy the day and, and see what happens. And, uh, you know, the partying came after I, my name got picked. But, you know, as the draft goes on, you know, uh, the first couple of rounds, it's like, all right. I know there's there's certain guys you know is going to go before you. Like, you know, there's certain names. They had crazy college careers or crazy athletes. Okay, but when the third round came uh, came around and, and I knew which teams were pretty interested in me and stuff, and then you start seeing teams choose up. And it's like, um, if they drafted another position, all right, maybe they needed that position, whatever. But then, but then late in the third round and fourth round, I started seeing teams that showed a lot of interest in me pick similar guys to me. Uh, to me and instead of me and I'm like I remember watching that guy like are you serious are you serious and uh, you know that whole thing and you start to get discouraged like these they're really sleeping on me like they don't uh, they don't realize that they don't and then you know um, finally then it came across the ticker well, yeah, and well, I got I that said, you, uh, were you watching uh, it is it on the ticker or did you hear the announcement well, first, I, I think it happened simultaneously okay. because my phone was ringing and I saw it and then I answer the phone and my family's going Who crazy. Who calls you? Who calls you? It was Coach Coughlin. And what does he say? Yeah, so he was like, well, the first thing he says is, um, you know, are you ready to be a New York Giant? And I said, absolutely. And he was like, I hope you're ready to contribute on special teams. That was the first thing he said to me. So I was like, I'm ready to do whatever you need me to do. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to come out, um, to come out and be a part of it. So... Um, the crazy thing is, the year I came out, the draft was pushed back. So I have some media stuff to do after I get drafted. My family's going crazy. And then um, I get a call, and it's like, they're booking my flight. I'm leaving the next morning. So, like, by this time, it's like 6, 6 p.m., I'm like on. I'm in the car, headed to the mall. We're all buying Giants gear. <laughs> like, we're going, family's going crazy, and I'm getting a call like, all right, you know, what, what's your date of birth? Did it like setting up my flight flight information, and I'm like, I like, I've never. I think in college we played at MetLife once. Mm -hmm. I think we played Syracuse, but you know we're in and out. Like I, so I did. I've never been really been spent any time on the East Coast, and it was a, the craziest experience because I, I was literally coming from Arizona and California across the entire your little nation. bubble your little bubble yeah that's that's all i really knew you know i've traveled some but not much and i'm gonna live in, in new york, york City. For, like the next day now let me ask you this because you get drafted giants pick you mm -hmm. you do you celebrating you shower up you're in bed now you're like holy crap i'm gonna be a new york giant what goes through your head not just like the accumulation of your dreams but you're in a new york giant does that scare you the most that you come to new york like, listen, USC is a huge, right. a huge place. Listen, that's like a college team. You probably took a pay cut, not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, that's the Kentucky joke everyone always says on yeah, us. Yeah. But you come to, what goes through your head going to New York now? You go to New York, Coughlin. Now, listen, it's known for linebackers. You know, right. LT, Carson, Banks. What's going through your head? Is it just so as, much shit? As things, uh, as things settle down for me, the first thing I, I like, recognized is, is one of the most, res I mean, in my opinion, the most respected organization in football. And... 
I, that's one thing I feel like I've been blessed in is I can, in my opinion, I played for the best or arguably the best college, and now I play for arguably the best organization in the NFL. And there's so many similarities in, in, um, in the pride that the organizations the have, the tradition, uh, what they're about, what they represent, the, how, how they handle things first class. Like, you know, I hear stories from guys who come from other places, and, and it makes me truly appreciate, you know, uh, Coach Coughlin last year, Coach McAdoo this year, the whole Mara family, the Tish family, um, Mr. Reese, like the, from top to bottom on how, how they organize and how they manage everything because it's, it's not like this everywhere, definitely. Now, rookie hazing? Because Chris Canty told me his rookie hazing. <laughs> I want to know what your rookie hazing story was. You have to have um, one. You don't have to get into all of them. I know some of them are pretty uh, hardcore. I want well, a good well, actually, rookie hazing story. Actually, they, it really died down a lot. Like, you know, so rookie hazing isn't what it used to be. But the, what hurt me the most okay. is... <laughs> Is um, so you, usually there's rookie dinners and you got to do rookie dinner and take take the linebackers out to dinner or whatever. Okay. Well, the season's going along and nobody's bringing up rookie dinner, so I'm you're so keeping like, your mouth shut. You're like, yeah, oh, this I'm is keeping. Good. I'm like, I'm, I'm about to coast through and pull this off. I'm not gonna have to because once this year <laughs> ends, it's over and you can forget about it. I'm not going. I'm not doing. It. So I'm like, Dude, you'll be better so, than so that. So now, now it's like the end of December. Like, we got, like, two games left, and there hasn't been a word. So I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm like, telling, like, my family back home, like, I think I'm getting off. I think I'm getting, getting off on this, uh, not having to do Ricky dinner. The last week of the game, like, two days before we're about to play, uh, Mark Herzlick brings it up and starts setting it up and everything. They got me so bad to where, like, usually the Ricky dinner is just the linebackers. Well, my year – Everybody got to bring their significant others. No, 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 no. So, so it ends up, I think, a total of 17 of us. So I'm paying. We're going to American Cut. I don't even. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where it's at because oh, I don't. Yeah, but we go to American Cut. Great food, by mm -hmm. the way. But go to American Cut. I remember my linebacker coach at the time uh, asked for, you know, the most expensive wine, <laughs> the most expensive wine, and then. Like, I had no idea, like, could I drink a little bit, but I'm not a heavy drinker, and guys are getting drinks with big ice cubes in it with the fire, you know, I'm talking, whatever that drink is called, and stuff, and I'm like, oh you're adding this stuff every time. Oh, my gosh. So, I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right, it'll be, I'm thinking it'll be, like, two or $3,000, like, that's a lot of money, but, okay, I can manage, I can manage. That bill comes, and it's, like, $8,000, and I'm like, come on. Oh, I, my heart wanted to sink. <laughs> my heart wanted to melt. And then, so I was the only drafted guy, but there was one free agent we signed that was a rookie that came on late in the year. So, like, beforehand, I was like, I'll pay for majority, but, you know, you got to put in a little bit, whatever. So the bill comes out, <laughs> and all of a sudden, this dude's credit card doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's real freaking convenient. <laughs> so, and then, if you, know, if you know me, like, I'm very stingy or – Stingy is not the word, but I, I'm frugal. I don't like spending like a, a lot of money. Cautious. So I'm, I've already, word, simply uses the word cautious with yeah, money. That's so, what Cinder says. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, I had it set up. Like we could, we could spit this like 70, 30, whatever it ends up being, and stuff. And beforehand, I'm already knowing. Like, look, don't like I already called my credit card. Like I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> don't put a limit on my credit card. The last thing I want is my credit card not to be working. Well, clearly he didn't do any of that, and. 
So I'm thinking like, all right, you can put X amount on my card and the, and the rest on his, and his card's not working. So I'm livid. I'm like, I got to put this whole thing on my card. It's three times more than I expected. Like, I'm just, I'm just so mad. But, you know, um, it's, a, it's a part of it. Uh, I wrote that thing off and uh, got to move on. Now, did you have a welcome to the NFL moment? Like, whether it be um, – I don't know if you're a basketball fan. Felipe Lopez comes on all the time. Mm-hmm. Basketball, St. John's guy, New York legend. His, and he, everyone gives a welcome to the league moment. Did you have a, either was it a moment or when you're on the field looking across at somebody like, holy crap, across from me is this person. Were you ever in awe on the field of anything? Um, the first game I started, like really started, was, uh, was my rookie year against Dallas. And I'm on the field and – I'm guarding Winton man-to-man and hearing Tony Romo say, 59 is the mic, 59 is the mic. And I'm just like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like, grew up watching Tony Romo. Like, you know, uh, family's always been Giants fan. Like, Jason Winton's one of the best tight ends in the league. And it's like, yeah, I'm guarding him. Like, it, so that was definitely my awe moment. But, you know, my whole rookie year was a crazy experience because coming in, I was a bottom of the fifth round draft pick. You know, it was actually one of those extra picks. Yeah, so, really, saying, what does that even mean? Because, like, I'm, I, I, I didn't mean, even know that existed. To I mean, be honest, diehard sport fan. I'll talk to, about football in '68. I can, but I never. What is that supplement? What is that? Just extra. It's like extra picks pick? in yeah. a draft. I don't know how. I still who cares? Don't know you how got picks. Who cares? Out. Yeah, I got like. We so never got picks. I wasn't one of the 32 in the sixth mm-hmm. round, but there was like a few extra picks in the sixth. Whatever, however it works. So I, um, I always say I was a glorified sixth rounder, <laughs> um, and. And, you know, so coming in, no one expected me to, to, play, uh, to play, let alone start. Like I said, you know, the, one of the first things Coughlin said to me is, you know, be ready to contribute on special teams. But, um, you know, all the versatility I had through my college days and being able to come and pick up the defense immediately, I think that's the biggest jump that a lot of, especially linebackers, struggle with is, is learning the scheme and stuff. And I've played in multiple different schemes already because I had a difference of de- uh, defense – different defensive coordinator almost every year. So I picked up the defense extremely fast, and I was a physical guy, and things started just rolling. So, uh, you know, it was kind of – it was a crazy year because I didn't – no one expected me to start. And I even – like, I didn't necessarily expect that I was going to become a starter. I knew I could be a starter, but I'm like, I'm bottom of the sixth, uh, fifth round. Like, you know, they're telling me I'm probably going to be a special teams guy. So, like – I know I can start and, and be that role, but I'm like, I didn't think it was going to work out that way because just based on, you know, what my circumstance was. So for the year to go how it went and to become a starter and pretty much be a starter since in my career is, is you know, really crazy. Now, I'm not saying you're nervous because that would be silly. Do you feel pressure now? Sports shows today, Mike Francesa today said that you're one of the X factors on defense, that you – does that put added pressure or does it motivate you? Because, you know, you had the injuries here and there. Right. You're healthy now, right? Yeah, healthy. Being called the X factor or being called, if he has a big year, this defense is going to take off. Pressure, nervousness, or? I don't really, I don't really feel any <clears throat> pressure. You know, I, um, like, they're not asking as much for me as they, have, as they were last year. And, I've, you know, this being my third year, I figure, I figured out the demands of what this league requires, how to take care of my body, the things I need to do. And, um, you know, with the role that they want me to play, I'm, like, you know, my, my big focus is be a star in my role. You know, whatever, you know, figure out what they, how they want to use me and when they want to use me. And, 
you know, excel at what they want me to do. And, you know, so that's, that's really just my focus. I'm really focused on the details. And, uh, you know, my first year or two, I felt like my back was against the wall and I was trying to make the team. It was like, that was, was my mindset. And not saying, say, um, and it's still like that to an extent, but, but um, more so it's like, I want to peak throughout the season and not and you're like- more secure I was, now. I was, I was almost shooting my wad in preseason because I'm worried about if I can even make the team. And that's always a concern every year, but it's like, you know, now I've, I've taken it to the next level to where it's like, um, I want my level of play to continue to grow throughout throughout the season and not and not peak, you know, in preseason or you know early in the year. I want to be able to do what I um, am capable of doing for 16 games. All right, we're gonna get back to regular football talk. Some personal questions, okay? You and I are out. We're out in the city one night. The bar's packed. Mm -hmm. Who's the coolest person in your phone? And it's not just that that you can text or call and they'll answer you to impress somebody. You want to impress a group of girls at a bar. Well, you want to impress a group of guys. Like usually, it's always a different answer. Usually, right? But you um, want to impress somebody. Right now, who's the coolest cat that you pull out your phone? Boom! I can text. Boom! Or I can call. Boom! And they're gonna call right back. I might. I might have to go with OBJ. <laughs> oh, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> so straight up, you text him. You call, he'll right away. Yeah, yeah. Me and me and me and him have a good relationship. We came in together yeah, and okay. uh, and stuff. So you know, that'll probably it'll probably be him. If you want the chicks know who he is. Every dude knows who he <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, he walks in the door, it'll be a wrap. Oh, yeah, we're you know? done. We're done. <laughs> like nine out of ten guys in there is gonna walk out. <laughs> You and, know. The, you know, the, and half the guys going to run over to him. Now, the catch. I, I wanted to talk more about personal stuff. The catch. Are you there for the catch? One of the best things you've ever seen in your life? I mean, yeah. And what's crazy is, like, it's normal now. Like, when I say he does something amazing almost every day, literally. Like, just the other day, just regular team period and has another, like, crazy. He's running full speed and like snatches it from behind him and keeps running. Like, how do you have enough control to mid stride, run, <laughs> reach behind your back while you're still running, catch a ball and not break stride and just keep like things like that. And then I've seen him do crazy things like drop a football on the ground, kick it through uprights or like throw it, throw a football literally like 70 yards. Like he, you know, he, He's he a had freak. a little running start, but He's, a, a, football, he's a freak. That's like, what he is. The most athletic person I've ever personally been around. Two things about Devon Kennard that no, not that nobody knows. We're not trying to break down shit over right. here, but two things that no one would know about you. Um, I love reading books, actually, and um, that's honestly it's one of my. I'm trying to read 52 books in 52 weeks. Yeah. I'm oh wow, that's, that's impressive. That's okay. impressive. Uh, reading books and then. Uh, I'll have to say, I mean, I love, I love watching TV. My, my favorite TV show is Breaking Bad. That show is classic, classic. <laughs> right now, your arms look pretty big. What are you benching right now? Because um, I think Simba I said he can uh, – Simba, you said yeah. what? You close to bench with him, Simba? My, my, <laughs> my max – I don't know if I could do it right now, but my max of all time was 415. But I haven't, I haven't done that. I haven't, I haven't done that since college. So you know, I, and I'm not trying that anytime soon. You a trash talker on the field or not? Um, if I get a little riled up, I'll talk a little bit. But I'm not huge. But I, you know, I'll let a, I'll let a guy know I'm here. See, you know? I, I get mad when good players tell me that trash. I play ping pong and I'm trash talking. Right. Simber and I, listen, listen. 
We go out every Sunday and we play uh, like heads up. The game heads up. I talk trash and heads up. How don't you talk? I get so mad when people don't talk well, trash. Well, see, for me, for me, it's like settled. Like, you know, I play strong side linebacker. So like, if it's early in the game and they try, they try to like get outside me or run run to my edge or something, I'll make a play. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say to the running back, like, you, you better tell your coaches not to come this way. Like, not, you know, not not today. Today is not the day. Point. When I'm playing heads up, I'm, you won't bring that flip game with me. I'm going to embarrass you in this game. <laughs> Tell the story. You told us off air. I saw the picture right before I came here. I Googled you. Like, I'm, like it's an online date. I'm stuck Googling right. you. Tell the story with your father playing mm-hmm. in the league and the Super Bowl picture. Because I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah, so, you know, my dad played in the NFL for, for uh, 13 years. Played for the Cowboys, Cardinals, and Saints. And uh, um, he won the Super Bowl in 96 with the Cowboys and was there and, you know, was a part of the Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Deion Sanders, you know, that whole team. And, um they won the Super Bowl, and I was really young. And I remember coming down, coming down the stadium, and my dad grabbed me and put me on his shoulders after the game, you know, drenched with sweat and, and stuff. And um, there's a picture of me with my arm up, uh, as my, you know, celebrating with my dad winning the Super Bowl. And I've always said, you know, that's something I want to experience with my son, uh, my future son one day if I can. Fantasy football guy or no? I've never played. Yeah, I, I, I've never gotten into it. I don't, I don't really fully understand how it works. All right. You're not a fantasy football guy. You're a memorabilia guy. There's some guys. I'll tell you this. There's some guys I know. Canty's one of them. Loves just collecting stupid stuff after the game. A jersey from this guy. Are you a memorabilia guy at all? Uh, I collect, you know, jerseys from – Yeah, you I usually – most of my jerseys are from SC, my old SC teammates. Okay. Like, you know, because I have a vision to have, like, a man cave one day, and it's going to be full with – all guys I played with are just other Trojans, like all over, all over, and I probably call it tro- the Trojan Wall. So, um, so uh, I, d- I definitely do that. But outside of that, growing up, my mom's gonna kill me for this, but I always tell her she's a hoarder and she <laughs> likes like all the little knickknacks and stuff. <laughs> so I'm so against that stuff. Like I, if I don't need it, I don't want it in the house. Like don't bring it over here. So, like, I'm, like, the complete opposite because my mom's that way, so. The only thing I have, I'm not a memorabilia guy. I have two seats from Yankee Stadium in my apartment. I have a few blocks away, two seats. And when I first started doing the show, I'm like, oh, crap, I got, you know, so-and-so on the show. I'm like, hey, can, can you send me a jersey? Can I send? So the first, like, I showed you the picture, but there was, like, seven or eight guys. So now I have, like, 25 jerseys of this. I, and now I had, like, I've interviewed 100 and some people. I can't. Uh, <laughs> right, it's tough. I, I, you can't be a memorabilia guy, and, and it was just like, hey, can you sign anything possible? So I'm not a memorabilia guy. So after yeah. the game, if you're playing against somebody special, you're not like, crap, I want his jersey. Do you feel funny asking for somebody for the autograph after a game? Um, it, I usually ask for guys that I that I know. You okay. know I, I haven't I haven't really asked like you know a player I don't know or I don't have some type of sort of relationship with. So it hasn't been an issue for me. Okay, a couple of minutes with you. I really do appreciate you coming down, mm-hmm. man. I know you had practice today in the heat. I had to walk seven blocks. I was complaining <laughs> about it. I know you guys go to Lambeau this year. Did you play there yet before? Never played at Lambeau. I'm, that, a, I'm excited oh, for that. That's you know. One that's of the, the mecca. That's like there's a, nothing about Green Bay that makes me want to go to no, Green, no, no, Green Bay necessarily. But just being a huge football fan all my life, like I feel like that's one of the coolest stadiums to play play in and go to. So I'm really sport, excited for yeah. that and to play for um, Steelers. Uh, I in feel Heinz like that. Field. Yeah, Heinz Field is going to be really cool this year too. Your dad's going to be wearing a Giant jersey or a Cowboy jersey opening night. Oh, Giants jersey, he better. <laughs> and just a couple things. Every coach seems to leave you. Lane left you. Carroll left you. Yeah. Coughlin. Coughlin now. It, is there a big difference with Coughlin and McAdoo? Big difference between them? Uh, he's really, he's really like. At first, I thought it was going to be all talk, but I can truly say he really has embodied the whole evolution, not revolution. So, like. 
uh, Coach Coughlin is a legendary coach, probably going to be a Hall of Famer sooner rather than later, all of that. Um, so he, he kept a lot of the stuff the same. But there's certain things that he, he wanted to adjust or tweak or he feels can be done better. Um, so he's like elevated some things to the next level, but he hasn't changed a whole lot. So I think the guys who have been here and, and know what Giants football is all about really respect the fact that he's not blowing the place up and trying to change everything. But at the same time, the adjustments he, he, uh, he is making are understandable and, and stuff that you know everybody's getting behind. Now you told us about Odell freak of nature obviously the other I guess monument and probably mm-hmm. the longest standing New York guy now with Jeter gone Rivera gone is Eli mm-hmm. give me something Eli because as fans we see the stoic Eli he's like in a sense of zen give me a right. good not a good story about it tell me Eli off the field I mean to be honest he that is him <laughs> like he's he's but he's a he's a goofy guy he's a goofy guy <laughs> but he's um like great leader great person has a goofy, uh, goofy personality, but um, you know he's just that's like kind of just him. That's how he is twenty four seven. Random, completely random thing you mentioned when you came, you played MetLife mm-hmm. while you're USC. Funny things, I just remembered it. I was like sitting second or third row that game because a buddy I work with, his brother played for Syracuse for a year, and Kenny Bigelow was in front of me. Mm. Did you play with him at USC? Because he he came in like a five star recruit. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I played he's with been him. Injured here and there because he's yeah he I um, mean when he first came in he he struggled some with injuries and then it was just out of shape a little mm-hmm. bit but he has a lot of ability I'm not sure I haven't kept up with him so I'm not sure what he has going now. Giants Jets Saturday night the fans actually mean something to the fans. Mm-hmm. Obviously it doesn't mean as much you want to you play in a half here and there does the game mean anything or just if you just want to get there's better. any game that means anything it's this one because it's the game where. The starters will play a little bit more, but we our our packages are still going to be extremely limited. We're not, you You're know, not we're we're, ge- we're gearing up for Dallas, so it's you know like we want to win, but the starters aren't going to play the whole game, and then also we're not really like putting together the game plan we would really put against them because we don't want to show everything that that um that we have planned to do this year. So you know it's I, it definitely does matter and. Uh, I, w- I would love to remind them who really runs New York. Which obviously we do. It's not <laughs> up for debate. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, not up for debate. Being a New York Giant means what? Um, for me, it means you've got to have high character. I think, I think that's something this organization stood for and, and it's been a trendsetter in the NFL from the beginning. And, and uh, just that tradition, you have to have a pride to wear that, that, um, that New York on your chest. And I think more so than any other than any other team in the NFL, um, what the what the mayors have done for football and and what this organization represents and everything like, if there's any organization that deserves another ring. It's this organization. I'm going to finish up. What book are you reading right now, or what book are you going to start to read? Um, right now, I'm reading um, uh, power, money making power money uh, money making power by uh, Tony Robbins. Any good? It's pretty good. It's uh. It's like how to invest your money and all this kind of – I read various topics. Yeah, I, I read all different genres. In that book, I think the first chapter is don't spend $8,000 at a steakhouse. I think that's the first thing to say. <laughs> I mean, that, probably, <laughs> that definitely, definitely doesn't talk about within my budget uh, doing something like that. But, you know, it will work out. All right, listen. All can aside, I had a great time doing this. And here's the thing. Since I have your phone number now, here's the rule. On your bye week, we can either meet up again. Here, we'll get more fans here. 
And if not, I'll just give you your phone number on the air every five <laughs> seconds. Listen, I had a great time. Stay healthy this year. Win some games, and you got to beat Dallas, all right? Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thanks Appreciate for having it, me. Thank you so much. Yeah.